Now I can hear you. Good afternoon, everyone, <laughs> and happy holidays from Radio La Force. Hell yeah, all the holidays. How you all doing, and how are you, sir? You know, uh, that COVID pandemic dream, it's a little bit of a nightmare, I'm hoping so I wake up in the Seychelles. <laughs> One day. Man, am I tired of talking about COVID. I know, it's not, um, not going anywhere, though. No, not anytime soon, unfortunately. I think everybody's waiting for the first of the year, and they're convinced that that's going to just like magically magic things out of existence. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, listen, we're almost there. 2020. We are almost through 2020. Yeah. I mean, what a disastrous year. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, fi- I figured let's talk about that. Let's talk about, you know, what was your favorite disaster of this year? And I think most importantly, what what have you learned from it, man? Oh, God, that is, there's a lot to unpack in that question. Hey, take your time. Um, I think that I would have to just go. I would rather uh, go like one through five on the disasters. I think that because so many, so one, many to choose one, from. Man, you got to get one. Oh. We can't do five. No, 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 no. I, I don't know. I just mean like we um, just putting them in order. You know, yeah. one th- not in, sorry, not any particular, but just one through five of the da- disasters, and then just out of that, sure, pick one. Um, the beginning of the year, obviously, COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, the obviously come a abject failure of the economy during that time for as a small business, so no money, no jobs, and and a lockdown, and then post lockdown, still no jobs because everybody's fleeing New York, like you know, rats fleeing a you know, ship, yeah, uh, sinking ship. And yeah, that's, that's rough. And then clients and employees, you know, everybody at their wits end. So the PTSD of the disaster is mm-hmm. a disaster in of itself. Um, I'd say those are the three. We don't even have to go to five. That okay. Those three. I think three. those are the three, three big ones. So your favorite disaster then besides that. Spider. I think the PTSD, the PTSD because that one's so, um, subsumed and yet in your face it it covers all layers i i don't know anybody who's escaped it i'm quite sure somebody out there is just living their best life and happy-go-lucky um but everybody that i am in contact with regularly whether it be friends or vendors or employees or even just acquaintances you know across the country or across the world nobody's escaped it the Mm -hmm. communication styles are different the I feel like a lot of people want to complain, but there's that sense that, well, everybody's going through it. Everybody's having that same pain. Oh, I don't want to stack any more burden on them. And so then you internalize it. I know I do it. I definitely do that where I'm like, nah, nobody wants to hear that right now. So just keep it to yourself. It's fine. You can shoulder it. And, but I think everybody's doing that. And that is, that's not great. You know, then you're just sitting around with something festering. It's like, um, I mean, is that a, that's how you feel. I'm, I'm assuming. Oh yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm definitely discussing myself and then my perception of what others are going through. Sure. So I was actually talking to a friend the other day and we were talking about the idea of, um, getting over caring about what others think of you. And, you know, as you get older, you do start to release a, some of that where you're like, you know, it's okay. I can be this weird. I can make that noise. I can, you know, do this thing in it and you don't feel the embarrassment. Definitely. <laughs> and I was thinking about, you know, my childhood and like some of the 
some of the points you know in it that were very reminiscent of that and one of the things i thought about was like all the gangsters that i used to hang out with mm. and then i you know realizing that you know all those di- the, yes they're all craving um uh, belonging and family but i just remember hanging out in those you know those houses and those cars and at those parties and everybody is more worried about what everybody else is thinking than they are about what they want or how they want to live and so you just have this massive group of people that are all pretending they're super stoked to be there and mm. super happy <laughs> and that they're normal. And in reality, everyone's just sitting around being like, does he like, do they like me? Do they like me? Are we getting along? Are we still family? Is that a thing? And nobody's actually having fun. Mm. And then I was thinking about parties that I've been to or gatherings that I've been to where it's the same thing. Everybody, you can tell everybody is worried about looking the right way, sounding the right way, whatever it is. And nobody's actually having fun. Everybody's just kind of standing around waiting for the other people. And even if you are coming from a place of, um, uh, what is that called? Like a good intention. Sure. You're still, if you're just that worried about what other people are doing, and there's a bunch of other people in the room that are doing the same thing, (laughs) nobody's actually having fun then. Like you're not... You're not actually engaging yourself or nourishing yourself. You're just sitting around thinking you're giving somebody what they need. That's curious. I mean, I, I, I can't say, I mean, going back, I can't say I really relate tremendous. Like I had brothers and they all like, especially my, one of my younger brothers, he really did, you know, dress like everybody else, talk like everybody, listen to the same music, you know, yep. did, did everything kind of, you know, by the culture and to the yeah. zeitgeist. And I was, yeah, I was the opposite. And I think that alienated me. And, you know, I think that alienation carried through into my, you know, young adult life. Mm-hmm. And so it just got to the point where I don't care. Well, question, though, you know, from that f- formative time. <clears throat> and I always think that, like, yes, the eight, the eight to 15, super formative. But I feel like once you start to produce a personality and start to produce an understanding of, well, maybe not understanding, but a knowledge of consequence versus responsibility that's when you actually start forming the bad habits and the good habits like actually legit like making those markers in your brain so question after alienating yourself because you didn't want to do that were the influences around you movies music whatever it is did that contribute to this idea of of alienation being a strength totally so now it went from alienation for whatever sake. Somebody just didn't like you. Somebody was mean to you. And so you, you know, mm-hmm. held in. And now all of a sudden it be, turns into uh, a mentality that you believe is you, the lone wolf. Yeah. I totally have done that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of comfort in it. I'm not I just say don't it's think like, it's real though. Right? It's, like It can be. I think, listen, I. I no, no, no. I'm know. sorry. We make it real. Yeah. We, you know, in our own heads. Well, yeah, and like, I think are that's are you part actually a lone wolf? Am I actually a lone wolf, or whatever it is in yeah. between? Am I actually gregarious? Do I like people, or did I just invent that persona? And it's been my persona for so long that my brain is like, yeah, that's that's who you are, man. Well, we're all doing that, though. Of course, we're like we're all going to be inventing personas and trying to like you know label ourselves and categorize our personalities in such a way, Absolutely. That, right? And so that's, I think we all do that, but <coughs> I think some people do it a little bit more successful than others. Yeah. Maybe that's all it is. You know? Just yeah. How and successful you are at living your person persona. <laughs> and, well, and exactly. And, and well, and perhaps the more you deal with that, the more, and I guess this has been somewhat my experience, the more you do focus on that, mm-hmm. the more true to yourself you become. Maybe. 
That's yeah. just my experience. Yeah. You know, and it's I'd be curious to know who agrees with me. Um, I just get all philosophical on it, and I wonder if it is true me or it is an interpretation of my experiences. And so it's not actually me. It's still me striving for other people's acceptance. Interesting. So you I, like it's a ridiculous no, philosophical it's not. question. It's, it's like you know, can God make a rock he can't pick up kind of deal. Like which it's to me it because it, it seems like a ridiculous question. Is it going to help me to sit there and think? Well, is this really me? Am I like, you know, oh, did I just oh did I make a bad decision one time ago and then I convinced? Who gives a shit? Well, I think if you check if you're able to check off the boxes, right? Like if you're <laughs> able to check off, like okay, well me being me is helpful for myself. It's helpful for my society. It's helpful mm. for my community. You know, mm. I, it's good for my dating life or as a father or as a yeah, family yeah. man. Right. Uh, that actually, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like giving yourself a, a list to kind of work against. Yeah. And then I think maybe you, you then realize, okay, maybe I am on the right path here. I think I do do that. I think I can't, maybe even consciously sometimes, but subconsciously, am I, am I doing at least 51% good versus the 49% stupidity? Yeah. Like I'm fine. If I can just get to that, I'm, I'm, I'm an excited <laughs> person, but yeah, I definitely want to get all philosophical about it, but you're right. At the end of the day, I think it is just that. What can we say in the, um, that social contract, mm-hmm. right? Like what in the, so- what in the social contract, are those, what boxes are we ticking? Yeah. I think, yeah, you're right. I think that is important. I don't think that the intention is actually as important. I think a lot of people would argue with me on that, but I don't think you need to have a good intention. I think it can be a, a kind of shitty one. It can be selfish. Mm-hmm. I think it should be selfish. <laughs> okay. Maybe start is selfish. Agreed. I think that I stop. I, I think that selfish is a loaded word. So yeah. I've been using the word honoring instead. Like yeah. I honor myself, mm-hmm. which I like. But I, same I've adopted thing. that too. I like. That. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the same idea. More or less. Yeah. But I think so. even still, like okay, I could be honoring myself uh, because I want to get laid. So now how am I going to honor the other person that I'm trying to get laid with? <laughs> you know, like you could, there's all kinds of dudes that are sending out dick pics and being creepy yeah. or, and the nice guys who think they deserve or, you know, whatever it is at, or you have a respectable equity, uh, equality with that person. You are able to be clear and discuss what you want, mm-hmm. but it's still pretty selfish. Hey, I want this. Like, this is what yeah. I want. Well, but you can also be genuine in that. I, yeah, it is genuine, that, but it's, I mean? it, it, to me, it is, it's, maybe it is good intent just because you are communicating about it and you're mm-hmm. being honest with that want, but, and maybe that's it. Maybe it's just the definition of good intention that I'm hung up on. And my, my idea of good intention is where somebody, uh, a, a family member has cancer and mm-hmm. doesn't want to burden the family. It's coming from a place of good intention, yeah. but nobody ever there. I have never heard a story there, yeah. of, oh, thank God they didn't tell me until they died. Of course, yeah. Everybody's like, what the hell? Those, I wanted to help. I yeah. want to be there. I think, though, that's a, that's a part of that personal, like, social contract checklist, yeah. right, of that individual. And I can't judge people who decide of to course. do that. It's their burden to bear. Of course. And they, they can do with it what they will. I mean. Yeah. It I comes, that, yeah, it comes with the territory in a way, I think, yeah. right? So, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know how to speak on that as a place. I don't either. Because I've had it happen to me. I mean, I've been in a situation where a family member did, you know, go Same. through this. And and I, I I think I felt indifferent. I think I felt respectful enough and appreciative enough of the of the circumstance. Yeah. But then said, you know what, this is not I'm not trying to flex here. I have no dog in this fight. Yeah. You know? I definitely I think when it comes to physical illness or mental illness, I I don't know if it's right, but the thing that I've adopted recently over the last few years is I, I've 
I will continue the empathy and the sympathy with that person. But I know when I'm sick, and obviously I've never been terminally ill, I've not had cancer, I've not had those experiences. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I, 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 I've been told by people in that position where they just get kind of tired of being babied, or they get they they actually just get tired of the check in. Mm-hmm. They're like, I yeah, I'm still sick. Shit hasn't changed. I would tell you if it changed. Mm-hmm. And so I try to. I, I try to do like the fast check-in on that stuff. You good? Mm-hmm. You within parameter? All right. I don't need to know anymore else. What else is going on? What did you do yesterday? I just want to get to the kind of a normalcy of a conversation with them or invitation to go and do something within the parameters of what they can handle. And just, we know the sickness is there, you mm-hmm. know, or whatever. We know it's there. We're, we've already acknowledged it. We took a qu- couple of seconds, but I, I genuinely, unless they want to talk about it, I just try to carve it out and be like, you probably talk to your doctors you probably have, if you're lucky, you have a, a, a psychiatrist or psychologist or somebody who's talking you through that part of it, and, and you probably don't want to talk about it anymore. Sure. And so that I kind of struggle with that, where I'm like, am am I being am I being mean? Am, am I is this overbearing? Or yeah, or yeah. is this bad intention? Because I'm like, I don't want to talk about your sickness. I know you're sick. It's terrible. I see the feeding tube in your stomach. Like, yeah. Where where's the line? Right. That can be that can be a bit of an acquired trait. Like that's something that I think you really have to warm up to, especially yeah. you know, understand that person, understand that the personality, and you know it's yeah. Even if you have known that person, I think just dealing with a whole new situation like terminal yeah. illness is something that whether I think they know it or not, it's a collective struggle. Yeah, I feel like for me, for off, I assume, which is probably a bad thing, but I assume more often than not, if you start the conversation or are having a conversation that is treating them as if not as if nothing has changed, but, uh, you know, in a trying to be as normal for lack of a better word as possible in the conversation. And then if they want to steer it towards what's been going on with their treatments or what's been going on with them psychologically, then being able to very, um, quickly and honestly transition to that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I, I that's what I tried to do. I had a neighbor recently that he passed from, um, cancer and I would see him and, you know, deterioration was very sudden. It was very quick. It was very obvious. And I just, I figured everybody's probably asking him about it. So yeah. I just didn't, I just was like, no, I'm, I'm going to ignore it and be like, Hey, what's going on? <clears throat> How's the dog? How's the wife? Right. Chat. And then if, you know, he'd be like, Oh yeah, treatment was killing me today. Oh, what kind of treatment are you doing today? Was it the you know, were you doing chemo or were you doing, you know, um, I can't think of the other one, but then I'll, I have no problem. Right. Like, okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that you can't keep anything down. Or I don't, I'm not squeamish, so I can talk about pretty much any of that medical stuff and I'm fine with it. Sure. But I always tried to just, you know, how's the dog? Yeah. <laughs> keep it light. Yeah. It, maybe not even light. I have no problem. I don't, that was the other thing is I had no problem kind of complaining to him. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, Oh God, brutal day, man. I just did like 12 hours. I'm tired as hell. I got, had to fire an employee. You think you had a brutal day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but I just feel like keeping that no, not nor I think, yeah, normalcy where it's just, mm-hmm. Hey, this is me. This is you. We both are still going through stuff and there is no equal. There is no equitability in that. Mm-hmm. What he's going through. I have not, and I cannot empathize, right? Empathy is where you've yeah. gone through it. It's the same. 
I can't empathize, but I can sympathize. And, you know, he's been a boss and he's had to fire people. So, you know what, we can meet on that common ground. Right. And then if he needs some sympathy or he needs some care, then, okay, he can bring us into that realm and I'm, I'm ready. I can sh dish out and, you know, handle that. <clears throat> but I just feel like the, uh, kind of the auto, the auto like play button for most people is, well, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. How's that all going? Right. And I feel like you must hear that all the goddamn time. Yeah. Well, that might be part of the reason why people don't want to talk. You know, they don't even want to tell their family because they just feel like that's going to be now the relationship. That's all the relationship is, is the cancer or, or whatever the terminal illness is. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. And then you're basically you're monosyllabic. You're just one thing to them. That would probably really frustrate me. I mean, I agree with you then in that case. I mean, now that we, you know, you, you put it the way you put it. I think, yeah, the lack of, I guess venting i guess we would call it the ptsd of this year certainly has been a fucking disaster yeah and uh, you know i, I mean I, I would only i would only say that it's up to everybody right in their own way to figure out how they can release that kind of angst and talk about things that you know maybe collectively we're all sick of hearing and talking about yeah but yeah it's going to be a tough one to get over yeah i i have, have no I have no advice. If you have strong shoulders, then you know saddle some burden for some people. Mm -hmm. I just try, uh, uh, like for I. We don't have money as a company right now. We're we are functioning, mm -hmm. but we are not successful. We are surviving, mm -hmm. and that is really frustrating as a business owner because it it doesn't doesn't feel powerful. It doesn't feel good. It feels very scary. Mm -hmm. um, but this year, I you know, I wanted to give out bonuses, and the, it's a it's tight. So normally our bonuses are nice. They're healthy. They're it's great. And this year it was, you know, there wasn't really a lot of room. And, uh, a f you know, a friend of mine said, you know, the bonus is that aren't you paying for the holiday? I'm like, of course. And, they, and don't you have the time off? I'm like, of course. And aren't they having a job? I'm like, yeah. And then she, and they were like, that's the goddamn bonus. And yeah. like, you know, this is 2020. Like that's insane that you can even, that that is even a thing. Yeah. And in my brain, I was like, I, I want normalcy though. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I got to do some calculations. I got to figure out how we can do this and what I can hand out. Even if it is a pittance bonus, it's just the, to me, it's the, the action of doing it. Yeah. Like the, just that action of being able to go out and hand something to somebody that they deserve. Absolutely. Even if it hurts a little bit, right. it was, it was just, it felt really good to be like, no, everybody's getting bonuses. Uh, yes. You're not going to get a Christmas and a new year's bonus. Unfortunately. You're getting one. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, hey, look, that uh, tr that truly leads me to like, you know, what I really wanted to talk about, you know, in terms of my favorite disaster as well, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and hopefully even get to a point where we, where we can tie it all up. I can't get out of my head this devastating explosion on August 4th at the port of Beirut. Yeah, in, in Lebanon. that was huge. It was massive. Literally. I've got family in Lebanon. Yeah. Right? You know, I'm a Lebanese American citizen, born and raised in Baltimore, but, you know, a huge amount of my family's over there, including members of my immediate family. And it w it took maybe, I mean, I, you still can't get over that. That's such a fresh wound. And knowing that, you know, it happened in such a place where I frequented, my yeah. family frequents, you know, we're literally, that's a daily kind of... Thoroughfare. Exactly. Yeah. On top of... A collapsed economy on top of COVID running, you know, rampant in a, such a tiny country. You have this, 
you know, and and there's a revolution. I mean, there was literally the people went nuts uh, starting October 2019. So it was about a year ago where enough was enough. Yeah. And then this happens. And it it really it, it's it's one of those things where you you really need to take a little bit of time to realize, oh my God, how much I could have lost. Yeah. You know what I'm saying in terms of because we did. I mean, I, I, unfortunately, my aunt by marriage lost her father mm. he was in a hospital visiting his nephew and you know he was one of i think some uh, I, I don't want to exaggerate i think it was like 300 some people who instantly just like lost their lives or died yeah. or and then the 200,000 plus homes people who left homeless oh yeah it was it's a mess you know their port is eradicated it was it's a complete mess and you know it for me that all just, you know, I, since then, obviously, on a daily basis, checking up on the family, seeing how everybody's doing, you know, who's sick, who's not sick, keep quarantined, make sure that, you know, whatever spare cash that I can even put together goes to them. You know, just keep keep everybody, you know, keep their head above water. Because mm-hmm. morally, psychologically, you know, just physically, this, this is so draining, you know. And it, it's, it's one of those things where I can say 3,000 miles away that, I mean, I'm devastated. Yeah, <laughs> but I can't speak for anybody who's who was on the ground that day and who's still dealing with that country and its government and all that stuff. And so, it took me a little while to really kind of put it into perspective, you know, in terms of what 2020 meant for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I just literally I, I feel like I've been drifting with this notion that personally, much like probably a lot of you guys, you know, we thought 2020 was going to be our year. Mm. It was the year we were going to get everything we wanted. Yeah. yeah. And instead, for me, became the year where I began to appreciate everything I have. Yeah. I mean, that kind of sounds like a little bit of the other side of the coin. Careful what you wish for, you know? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you wished for everything and what you got was a very stark reality that you of everything that you do already have. Correct. (laughs) I mean, what a beautiful thing. And it's one of those things that just, you know, I can't. I mean, again, for me and I hope for anyone listening, it has kept my feet on the ground. You know, and really with my head on my shoulders, my stress in my pocket, you know, for, you know, if I need it, I can turn it into something, whether it's physical activity, whether it's whatever, but then never forget that, you know, hey, I've got a roof over my head. I got food on my table. Yeah. Might not be a steak or ribeye, (laughs) but it's my macros, baby. It's going to, it's going to get me fed. So, you know, and then, and then here's looking at next year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, would completely agree and i think that the the um shock from having to deal with something like that with family members involved and in close proximity to something and dealing with your countrymen and i mean you were there just previous to the event so you were there on the ground for for months and months and months there's probably a lot of um uh, kind of like disillusion and and frustration and then also kind of the straw that breaks the camel's back where you watched everything that was going wrong, witness all these things that are happening and, and have family that are ha- being affected by it directly. And then all of a sudden the, the complete and abject failure of the government to do anything to remediate a situation that they all knew was there. Exactly. The port authorities knew was there. That was not a new shipment. This right. was not something that had been just, this had been there for, I think over a decade that stuff had been around there. like six, seven years, nearly yeah. a decade. Yeah. Nobody's taking care of it. Right. This is just a powder, literal powder keg waiting to go off. I mean, it 
it really does make you see the failures of the leadership that's been involved across the planet. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's, and that's honestly what's going to happen after that is a whole other, like that's yeah. a whole other conversation. It's a whole other, I mean, yeah. time will tell. Yeah. I mean, uh, immediately ha having though that, that again, that sort of epiphany of like, oh man, I'm so happy nothing happened to the people that I love and, yeah. you know, rely on. It's kind of to tie in, you know, your talk about bonuses. It's like, well, it's something, man. You're still yeah. able to have employees. You're still able to get them paid. You're still able to keep, the, you know, keep bread it's on their huge. table. That's amazing. It's yeah. And I have to remind myself of that because <coughs> I, I know I have a very odd outlook on life because I like challenge. I like discomfort. I like things to change. Sure. It's very, I get very frustrated with, um, fixing the same problem and over problem over. I use the term problem, but, uh, you know, um, repetitive action. Mm. I get very frustrated with repetitive action. Sure. Even if it's super successful, I still can't, I just get frustrated with it. So I know I enjoy that idea of new problems, the strange circumstance. I like all that. And so in a very morbid way, this has been to me a very fascinating year, but it's still, you know, to keep, to keep things in perspective, being able to do something that is consistent and is normal and is repetitive, giving a bonus right. was a huge deal. It was not how much the bonus was. It was not, that was just the, and it was literally the physical action of handing somebody a, a little packet. Mm -hmm. Like that was, uh, my entire day was better. There you go. My, I'm pretty sure I will be riding that tiny little high for about a month because it was, it, it meant that if there is PTSD going on, how these people are dealing with it, there is going to be one little thing that went normal for them. Mm -hmm. And it was a good normal thing. Right, right. And I, you know, I, it's never a silver bullet. The vaccine is not going to fix this thing with COVID. And that's not going to fix the economy. And the stimulus package, which is our goddamn money getting handed back to us, and they're the ones bickering over how they're going to hand it back. That's my money. That's your money. That's every citizen's money, how they're bickering over it and making it take for longer. That's not going to solve the economic crisis. that's about to be unfold on mm -hmm. us. And it's through those little actions, the bonus, the, you know, I remember when the, the disaster happened in Beirut, I know you were putting things together because you couldn't trust the government. You can't send money to any of the, the national um, first responder kind of organizations. And right. you can't, you do not want to give it to the red cross. They just got busted for wasting a hundred, hundred million. Like you have to, now you have to worry about how do I get that money direct to the people who need it? Right. And I know that was a stressful and frustrating thing for you to even figure out. Cause yeah, you have family, but how else does it get out there? And right. God forbid somebody who doesn't have family, how do they get the, how do they go and help out there? And you know, we're all stuck in that place. What are the little things that we can do? What are the community style engagements that we can do to hopefully better our survivability and our comfort levels along with our, you know, neighbors and other people. And mm -hmm. with that PTSD hanging over you, it's really easy to think that what I do to do that is not talk to people about it. Right. And that is not productive. If for me, yeah, yeah I, I don't believe that's productive. I think that is absolutely counterproductive because until you have that conversation and unfortunately have that, um, equality and, and, um, and shared experience, even though it's a tragic one, now you can start moving forward where you can talk about it and it's okay. It's not just us preaching about COVID this COVID that it's actually the interpersonal experiences 
yeah, my, my uncle passed from this or my brother got sick with it or I lost my job because of it. Whatever it is, now we're starting to be able to empathize through those experiences yeah. that we're actually finally talking about. And I feel like that's, everybody wants to talk. I don't know about you, but I have experienced if I'm out of the house and there are strangers around, there is a good chance they just want, they'll hang out and chat and not for a minute, like for 30 minutes, mm -hmm. an hour. And that did not happen before. Yeah. People got shit to do. They got places to be. I have had people walk by just with a dog and I'm standing outside and I, you know, my terrible smoking habit and they will stop and hang out. That never happened pre COVID. They would just be like Ugh, smoker and just keep walking. And I get that. I would too, but no, now they're stopping, hanging out. Hey, how's it going? What are you doing? Oh yeah. And, and like, just want to strike up a conversation. So yeah. I think if we can just go one step further and talk about, not stay up here with that discussion of what the pandemic is, but really get granular on it. Like what's your experience? Why are you dealing exactly. with this? Exactly. Right exactly. Now? And why can't we have that? Even with a stranger. Well, actually my, you know, my aunt's got cancer and this is happening and this is falling apart. Okay, great. Let's talk about some of the bad. Any positive? Mm -hmm. Did you make dinner today? Did you eat lunch? Do you have, you know, what? did somebody loan you some money? Whatever it is. Like, did you have a win? Any right. stupid little win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you regular this morning? <laughs> 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 let's get, let's, let's really bring it down a notch. It's important though. And I can't stress yeah. enough. I agree with you. I think it's, it's, you know, now is a great time. The holidays, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Christmas is tomorrow. By the time of this yeah. recording, this is Christmas Eve, by the way, guys. Um, but you know, leading into the holiday season or the holiday weekend and, and then the new year, which yeah. is this is probably the last DP before the new year, to be honest yeah. with you, it's now's a better time than any to honestly, you know, and if you want to talk, you can leave a comment in the, in the description below. Yeah. We'll answer. We'll answer. We'll, we'll talk answer. to you. We're here, we're here to talk all day, all weekend. I have no plans for the <laughs> holiday. I'm so popular. I'm going to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my day job <laughs> it's the best but it's um no for real though and it's like it's it's whether it is dealing with ptsd whether it is just being grateful for what you do have yeah i think it's you know that's as warm a holiday as i need you know and yeah. I, I sent an email to a friend today and i told him like listen honestly it was a, it was a, it was a link to the film which you guys will hear later you know more about Ooh, later yes excellent but i said listen i could not have gotten through this year yeah without just that kind of love and kindness and open heartedness that you, you know, put, you know, the attention, That's awesome. yeah, you know, all that. And it's, it really is the greatest gift. I'm not talking material <laughs> possession or anything like that. Just to know that this person is open, receptive, listens, listens, and you know, that I could simply do the same in return. I mean, that's literally, I mean, that's it, man. Yeah. That's like, that's the basics. Agreed. I boil it back to that every day. I'm, you know, in the interpersonal relationships in life, it's, the literal minimum bare minimum baseline if i can accomplish those i'm kicking ass because mm -hmm. there's so much other stuff that is you know not a, not just weighing you down but literally pushing back on you like mm -hmm. physically fighting your move forward I, I, yeah S listen to somebody and i'm like yes accomplishment number one yeah now i okay i i'm gonna say something before we, we leave i feel a little guilty do tell. You might not have heard me say this because I, I asked what your favorite disaster was, and I said besides that sweater. <laughs> and I think you glossed. I think you glossed over it, but I have to say this now. Now that we're talking it. about kindness and being open, I'm like, damn it! If he hears this, what can if you want? Can you take a second to because I love. I think it's an amazing. Okay, sweater. Well, I'll stand up. Hopefully, we'll just yeah, yeah for sure. No, they'll see you. They'll see you. That is amazing. What is that, Marlboro? Yeah. Let's 
So talk about that real quick. Marlboro sweater that was done by my buddy Ori Carino, who's a phenomenal artist. Check him out. He's on Instagram. Yeah, the Ori Carino. And he, I believe, had a uh, a project with Marlboro, and then it got canceled because of COVID. Mm. So he put a get put together a little show with uh, another friend of his, Leah Terrari, who's also awesome. Um, and I saw. I needed some culture. I have not been to anything cultural since January of this year. Yeah, yeah. And it felt great. I went to this great little art show and it you know, it was awesome just walking around seeing the pieces and I saw this hanging there and it's you know, the Marlboro logo. Like I said, terrible habit, I am a smoker. Um, and it has, you know, black cowboys all, all hand airbrushed on it, and I was just like, Hell yes. That's beautiful. That is hundred percent mine. I'm going to wear that. I'm going to work on my car. I'm going to like work <laughs> on, I'm going to build stuff in this sweater. Like this is a sweater that is art, but it is, it is meant to be used. And so I, Ori come finally, he, he, he was taking care of his kid, dealing with his kid. And he finally was able to show up to the shop and he, and I was like, that's mine. He's like, really? You want that? I was like, I am going to work on, I'm going to work on that thing. He's like, really we got to get pictures and i was like yes an artist who's not like but it's gonna get ruined he's like yeah man you should get that thing dirty it's gonna be amazing i'm like yeah once it gets beat up enough then i'll hang it on the wall i'm afraid to ask how much but it was expensive oh yeah we'll we'll leave it at that (laughs) and we'll also say that worth every penny if you guys we're we're definitely going to be video you know taking videos of this and throwing it up on our instagram page if you not following us it's at radio before so stay tuned there's going to be a lot more to come oh yeah in the next year we're nearly there everyone (laughs) maybe even a guest (laughs) yeah definitely i mean of course definitely guest guest for sure next year and yeah all i can say is a lot more art yes a lot more tv and film yeah a lot more of all this is going to actually be integrated with those guests that do come on and with the people that we're able to bring in because it's we're just establishing what we do, but it's hopefully people are actually so far. People have been really good on this and they want to be a part of it. So let's build a hundred percent. And again, thank you guys for tuning in. This has been EP number six. We'll see you in the new year. Happy holidays. Be safe. Stay well. Absolutely. Ciao everyone. Ciao.